Every year in the NFL, it's a new team. As far as goals go, we have one. Oh, that's so sad. Putting a <laughs> ring on our finger. <laughs> Welcome to the Buccaneers Observer Podcast. This is Ralph Phillips. I'm Molly Bay. Today is April 19th, 2022. That's, it. that's all I got for the intro. That's all we got. Nothing, nothing witty and spectacular. Nope. How you doing, Molly? Long time no hear. I know. Fantastic. Thank we, you, Ralph. How we, are you? We got Molly a new microphone. It lights up. And she was like, oh, I want this microphone. So we got it. And you can't even see it on the video. I know. Got, it's blocking. So it's, uh, we're going to have to figure something out with that because she really likes the... I got an arm thing. Yeah, a little arm thing. Hug that you got up. two arms, actually. I do. <laughs> uh, lift it up so you can see the... My um, arm? Yes, lift your arm up. <laughs> Ooh, it changes colors. Uh, somehow we could adjust that to get, we're going to try and get red and pewter and orange. Ralph is trying You're darn to. Right we are. We. not trying to. We. All right, we got a lot, lot, lot of news for, for you today. A lot's been happening. And I didn't realize it had been so long since we did a podcast. Yes. So that's on me, guys. That's on her. Uh, we did have spring break. Our daughter ended up getting an allergic reaction. We don't know what from. We think a plant. And her face just blew up. And it was horrible. So sad. For a week. A week. Yeah. yeah. Take her to the doctor and all that good stuff. Fun, fun stuff. If you got kids, you know what we're talking about mm-hmm. here. It's always something, man. Always something. All right. Uh, let's see. We have a ton of news, a ton of news that we got to cover. Last last podcast we did was the, the 31st of March. So we've got all of April's news to cover. Let's just <laughs> let's just get to it. OK. And that was when a BA announced that he was stepping. Yeah, away. that was the last thing we talked so that's about. The last thing that we've talked about. Oof. It's taken a while to process that, guys. Yes. Uh, so we've got quite a bit to cover. We'll start with this. Uh, the Bucks signed safety Keanu O'Neill. We, but most of this stuff everybody already knows, but we'll just touch on it and give our thoughts on it. Now, Keanu O'Neill, he was drafted 17th overall by the Falcons in 2016. He played five years for the Falcons. Now, I went through all my notes. And, you know, I've watched a lot of Falcons, a lot of Falcons, all 22, analyzed it. And his name did pop up once, you know, and – I don't really usually pay attention to the opposing team as much as I do our team, but if a player stands out to me, I do write them down and you know do a little write up on them and stuff. And he never really stood out to me. I guess he is the guy that one of Mike Evans' best catch. It was back in I want to say it was 2016. Did that one-handed catch on the sideline, and, but it was Keanu Neal that come in and just clobbered him. It was like on the highlight reels. It was like the Ooh. best catch of the year. So. Huh. Well. He's a safety, right? Yes. And, but I think that they're going to kind of move him, or I, he might be kind of a money backer, right? Well, he, you know, he was with Dan Quinn at Atlanta. Dan Quinn yep. drafted him. He's and Dan then Quinn's guy. Dan Quinn went to the Cowboys as a defensive coordinator, and uh, Keanu Neal went there too in two, uh, last year, and he played mm-hmm. linebacker. Okay. I, th- I think he was number 42 or something. Okay. Yeah, he had a f- number in the 40s. He was, oh, I can't remember his number at Atlanta. That's eh, horrible. Anyhow, uh, 
he's he's played in 14 games, but only started five last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been kind of injury prone. He's only played he only played one game in 2018 and three games in 2019. He's only started all 16 games one year, and that was 2017. But he did make the Pro Bowl that year. And for being a first round draft pick. Right. Right. Is that what you said? Yeah. 17th. Overall. Not the production that you expect. But yeah, we got him for. reminds me of Mark Barron. Barron. Oh. Uh, but we got him for a good deal, right? It's pretty yeah. team friendly. Yeah. It's like one year, a million dollars or something. Yeah. So, I mean, you can't really beat it. And he's at a point in his career where he kind of needs to prove it. We don't need him. Like, he's more of a depth <laughs> guy, right? Molly just come out and said, we don't need you. I mean, we need the depth, but we don't need starters. Am I right? Or am yeah, I wrong? Yeah, am I wrong? I guess. I mean, it, we've got Mike Edwards back there. And, I mean, he's not a Jordan Whitehead replacement, right? No, that's going to be uh, Logan Ryan. Okay. Which we'll get to him in a second, right? Okay. Or did we already cover him? I think we already covered him. I think so. Yeah, he yeah. was one of the early ones. Okay. Yes. Uh, so okay. Keanu Neal is going to be playing in number 22. That's the number he had at Atlanta. He played 42. He was number 42 last year with Dallas. How dare they give Doug Martin's number away? Is that Doug Martin 22? 22, yeah. I should know that. I got mm-hmm. the picture of him right here beside my desk. Mm. Horrible. I know. Well, no. I mean, it's such a revolving door. The numbers? can't remember everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And plus, I mean, like, think about how many players on our team have switched numbers. We had that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When in they, the secondary when last. they allowed this stupid number change last year. Oh, yeah. it was horrible. Just I went crazy it. in our team. They just yeah, they we went nuts. Quite a few guys that did it. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of it. Mm-mm. Me neither. Buccaneers have re-signed... Quarterback Blaine Gabbert. So it would be a quarterback battle this year in training camp, huh? I guess so. Gonna, like, he, who's number two? Was, and who's number three? He, he was going to fight Brady for the oh, no. <laughs> start. <no. laughs> uh, yeah, he's uh-huh. definitely fighting for number two, him and uh, Kyle Trask. But it looks like our quarterback room is full. We got Tom Brady's back, of course, Kyle Trask. Uh, Gabbert resigned, and uh, we signed Ryan Griffin back on. So he'll probably be on the practice squad again for his 300th year. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> Got to earn a paycheck somehow. Got to do it. Uh, we re-signed Pat O'Connor. Okay. I was wondering about this one, and I kind of felt like maybe they were waiting for his injury to see how much he had healed. Hmm. Kind of the sense I got. We had a lot of guys. Uh, Levante David came out and, you know, he was put on IR at the end of the year last year. Mm-hmm. And then he came back for the playoffs and he said he was about 60% because he had a severe Liz Frank injury. And, uh, you know, it looks like he's going to be okay. Uh, Tristan Wirfs is not going to do surgery. Neither Levante or Tristan Wirfs are doing surgery. So uh, they should be good to go by the start of the year. Uh, we Man, we, we had so many injuries last year. But... That brings me to our coach, Maral Javardifar. <laughs> Did I say her name? Javardifar? <laughs> Did you try? Was that you trying or are no, you trying to be funny? Yeah, no. <laughs> I, don't know. 
Uh, she has been promoted to director of rehabilitation and performance. Now, previously, she was an assistant. What was she? I don't know. Oh, like this is horrible. Strength and conditioning. I think she did rehab, but anyhow, she was. She's been moved up. And yeah, that's a position that they created for her. Yeah, but it's not a coaching position. It's director. Found that mm-hmm. interesting. Uh, you know, we've got two coaches on our staff. We got Coach uh, Lori uh, Locust. She is the assistant defensive line coach. She's known Bruce Arians for like 30, 40 years. Mm-hmm. Back in when he was coach at Temple, she actually played at Temple. She was a a player doing something. And yeah, her she's husband. played in women's leagues. Yeah. So. So. Uh, we've got two female coaches. Four. We've had four black head coaches. We've got male cheerleaders. I mean, we're winning the diversity war, man. Mm-hmm. You know, Tampa Bay's got it down. We got it all. There's got to be a, a trophy for that, right? They should give us one. They'll come up with one, I'm sure. But we had a lot of injuries last year, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I'd love to do this. Do a breakdown and see if injuries have gotten worse or less or the recovery's better or whatever. Because now all these teams have these huge medical staffs. I mean, they've got, you know, huge departments dedicated to injury and rehabilitation and all that good stuff, you know, as part of the staff now. Mm-hmm. And does is it helping? You know? I mean, nobody really talks about that. And I'd like to know because to me it seems like, Guys get hurt more than they used to. Right, but you have more people who are there to watch and detect injuries. Right. Better equipment for detecting injuries. People to rehabilitate them. And everybody's so injury aware. Or injury, Mm -hmm. what's the word? They've got their feelers out. You know, anytime, Mm -hmm. you know, it used to be a thing. You, You played through injury. You were tough. Mm-hmm. You know, football, that's what football was all about. You know, I just, I say this all the time, but go, go watch North Dallas 40. You'll see how football was when I was growing up, you know, totally, God, totally even watching man in the arena yeah, and yeah. watching some of those hits, you're like, they, I like that hit on Drew Bledsoe. Mm-hmm. You, you could not do it. I mean, you don't even see those hits in the league anymore. And it's not like you get some players who know that they're against the rules and they do them anyway. Doesn't no. even happen. Yeah. They're gone. Yeah. You got all these side tackles and alligator tackles and mm-hmm. arm tackles and everybody does everything they can to avoid hitting guys hard. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, that man in the arena was great for that. You know, seeing Vrabel and McGinnis and uh, Rodney Harrison, all those guys. I mean, those guys would take your head off. Oh, my gosh. Okay, sidebar real quick. Rodney Harrison, is he, like, what is his secret? Like, he hasn't aged a day. Yeah. He looks exactly the same. He's, like, sacrificing virgins. I know. Vrabel's all gray. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, he bathes in the blood of babies <laughs> or something. I want his formula. <laughs> you would do it too, wouldn't you? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I mean, I'd think about it. Yeah, so are, are injuries getting better? Are guys not as tough? What? What? I don't know. To me, it seems like the, people, the players get injured more. 
now. Mm-hmm. I mean, you always expect a guy to be out at least four or five weeks. You know, mm-hmm. one guy, there's always going to be at some point, you know, when you play fantasy football, you're like, okay, I got to get this guy's backup because he's going to be out for four or five weeks, no matter who it is. Mm-hmm. It's rare if guys play a full season now, especially now with it's going 17 games. Guys are definitely going to be taking a couple weeks off with injuries. But it just seems to me that we're we're more, you know, injuries are have gotten worse. You know, guys are out. I, I don't know. I'd love to see a, like a legitimate study on that. I think that the NFL is emphasizing uh, injuries. I think that they're more, you know, after the CTE stuff and mm-hmm. being accused of knowing about the complications from concussions and ignoring it. I mm-hmm. think that they're probably as a culture trying to change that. Yes. Well, they try to get them like they did with big tobacco, you know, where they were like, oh, you know, it was addictive. And you, I mean, that was the whole thing with big tobacco is they kind of hid that they knew it was addictive, which is funny because we just read a study. I sent it to Molly the other day that they were like, scientists can't figure out why some people smoke and don't get cancer. And apparently it's a lot of people that smoke and don't get cancer. And what they came up with is if you smoke a lot, (laughs) <laughs> your body builds a resistance to it, apparently, and you don't get cancer. It was the strangest thing. I was like, wait a minute. Why didn't they say this back in the 90s when they were pounding the the tobacco companies? Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, hey, some of you probably need to smoke more and you won't get cancer. <laughs> <laughs> right. You always hear like moderation. Everything in moderation. You'll be fine. Right. No. But this study was like, no, smoke yeah, more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Probably. Well, this study, it was like the heavy smokers and then the real light smokers, like mm-hmm. they were fine, but it was the people in the middle who were more prone to the yeah. the cancer. Right. Very weird. And hardly anybody smokes anymore, is it? Mm-hmm. You would think lung cancer would be a thing of the past for the most part, but it's not. It's weird. It's all weird. It's hard to trust anything out there. But I don't know. You know, we got all these staff people. And like I said, Coach Moral Jafar has been – Moved into director of rehabilitation and performance. Now that's a new position. It wasn't there. It was created specifically for her to move into. Is this going to help? Because last year, I mean, we just got destroyed by injuries last year. We have for the past few years, I feel like. Well, Super Bowl year, we were pretty healthy going into the playoffs. You know, we got Vita back and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we had our starters were on the field for the Super Bowl for the most part Uh, last year. You know, in JPP, Shaq Barrett, mm. uh, you know, Devontae, SMB, everybody in the secondary was hurt at one point. You know, we we had Tristan Wirfs was out during the playoffs with that ankle. So, <clears throat> I mean, with the exception of like JPP and Levante and Shaq, like those are all the young guys. They just uh, mm. think the whole yeah. secondary. Yeah. I think, I think it's a, several factors i think it's um players are softer i think the league is emphasizing injury prevention and remediation and mitigation and i think teams are probably dumping a a lot of money into it i mean look at our rehab staff yes Mm -hmm. they emphasize it a lot so yeah and again when all you have is a hammer. Everything's a nail. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you're focusing on 
medical issues. You're going to find a lot of medical issues. You know, it's like the you know we we practice in the Advent Health <laughs> facility. Right. You know? I mean, everything about the Buccaneers is centered around health and injury well you got to kind of think about that too that financial aspect where you do have all these sponsors because i'm sure uh, advent is not the only hospital system that's sponsoring an nfl team yes i mean in most big cities there's medical schools and so big hospital systems Mm -hmm. yeah and they're not trying to cure anything Mm -mm. i mean that's how they make their money. Kind of like true. police aren't trying to get rid of crime. <laughs> they wouldn't have a job. They wouldn't have a job. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know the player with the most Super Bowl rings in the past five years? You know who it is? I do. Please tell the audience. Kenyon Barner. Our running back, Kenyon Barner. What in the world? How... Never would have dawned on me. If you if you would have asked me that question, I wouldn't have got it in a million years. Mm-mm. The guy's got three Super Bowl rings. That's the past incredible. five years. Yeah. I think so, he's taken five snaps. I know. And <laughs> like he was on our practice squad, I think, half the season. Yeah. When he was on there. And we only brought him up because everyone got injured. Um he, he was with the Eagles and who did he win the Super Bowls with? You didn't. You don't have that right in front of you. Uh, yes, I do. Okay. <laughs> you just look panicked. I am panicked. I do not have it right in front of me. Okay. I want to say it was the Eagles and maybe the Chiefs. I don't know. If we just look at the Super Bowl winners for the last three years. I was it New England. Maybe. Have they won one in the last five years? Come on, dude. I don't know. I can't remember. I can't remember yesterday. We will see. But is he on our roster anymore at this point? Yeah. Oh, he is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, our running back stable's full right now. Is it? Yeah. Hmm. Pretty sure. Well, they probably need people at camp. Oh, right yeah. Because we'll, we'll get... they're having OTAs right now. Yeah. So they at least need some bodies. And they want guys competing because I don't know. I mean, we had Keyshawn Vaughn and one other, I can't remember who it was, under contract. And that was like it. But we got Lenny back. We got Bernard back. Hmm. Not bad. And then, you know, the depth, like Kenyon Barner. Who else? Keyshawn Vaughn's still back there. Oh, I hope he really like shows up this year. Did you find it, Ralph? Uh, I've got Philadelphia. I can't. The only other team I see is New. Who won 2018 Super Bowl? It would be New England Patriots. Yeah, so it was New England Patriots. Okay. He was there half the year, apparently the good half. <laughs> he was with Carolina to start the year. He was like, well, think that's a great gig. Like, you just stay in shape. You don't play, like, the whole first half of the season. You're just ready, and that's your draw. Yeah. And then you get called up, you get a job, and you go get a ring. It's a pretty sweet gig. I ain't mad about it. I know. 
Guy's got some experience winning Super Bowls. Yeah. That's always a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. So we've got Russell Gage, Keanu Neal, and Logan Ryan. They've all got their numbers for this year. Russell Gage, he's going to wear an entirely new number, which is going to be number 17. He's going to be number 17. Ooh, that's Justin Watson's old number. Justin Watson. I cannot believe he would take Justin Watson's number. (laughs) You're still salty about the (laughs) Gerald McCoy kerfuffle. Actually, it's Uh, funny because it's so ridiculous. It is. It is. Everybody's kind of forgotten about that, haven't yeah. they? The suit just came just in. Forgot took about it. that number ninety three, didn't we? <laughs> took it, and never looked back. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! Yeah, he used to be number eighty three when he was with Atlanta. Mm. <clears throat> so be on the lookout for number seventeen out there. Keanu Neal, he's going to return to number twenty two. Like I said, he was twenty two at Atlanta. Went to the Giants. He was forty two, and then he's Dallas. gonna. Back, I mean, to Dallas, and now he's back with us at 22. Uh, Logan Ryan, he normally wore number 96 during his time at New England and Tennessee before wearing number 23 the past two seasons with the Giants. Uh-oh. So he's going back to 26. Okay. Because 23 is already taken. 26 is Andrew Adams. And we haven't signed him. Right. So if he comes back, he's going to have to get a new number. Yeah, he got dibs. Yeah, and 23 is Sean Murphy Bunting. Oh, it is so – those first few games were, like, rough when we've got new players and the players switch their numbers. It's a little tough. Yeah, because Sean Murphy Bunting used to be number 26. Oh, he was? Yeah. I couldn't remember. I know. They I were knew my- he switched it, and then Carlton Davis, didn't he switch his? I just – I feel like this time – as soon as the players get their numbers, that's like the end of history. Like, I completely <laughs> erase whatever happened before that. <laughs> like, oh, they've always been number 24. Yeah. Well, you know, watching a lot of game film, you know, that's what I look at is the numbers. And so when they switch, it always throws me. Mm-hmm. It's all, it's yeah, difficult. Yeah, but to... you look at a lot of other things too, like what they have, yeah. their accessories. Mm-hmm. You like the accessories. Yeah. Well, you can, they all wear different stuff, you mm-hmm. know. The, Tended bands, mm-hmm. the way they wear their, someone will put their towels, you know, tucked into their hip, some in the back, some on the side, some of them will wear weird shoes or gloves or one so, glove. Or Sometimes we'll be watching film and you're like, okay, watch SMB. And I'm like, well, where is he? I can't see him. And you're like, oh, that's this guy. You can't tell the number at all. Mm-hmm. It's just you with their accessories. You just know how they look. Yeah. And you and you get to the point where you can tell just how they stand. Mm-hmm. You know, that's I, I could do that with most players after, you know, they've been here for a while. I can just look at, you know, if they're on the defensive line, the way they put their hands in the ground or, you know, the, the if they're a cornerback, the way they stand at the line or back you know it's just you get a sense for guys just from watching them then you know their body language and all that good stuff carlton davis used to be number 33 ah. yeah that's what he started mm-hmm. with and then whitehead the oh, way who was it yeah whitehead came in took 33 okay and carlton davis moved to 24 uh smb used to be 26 he moved to 23 <laughs> It's just so ridiculous. It is ridiculous. It's hard to keep up with. Uh, so that's that's why I'm glad these guys are coming in and they're not taking anybody's number. Mm-hmm. Keeps it simple for me. Yeah. That's exactly. what's important. <laughs> they try to keep it simple for you, Ralph. Tom Brady's going to be teaming up with Aaron Rodgers. 
in a golfing tournament. It's called The Match. This is held by the, the, Tom, the Time Warner Group, Turner Sports. It's a golf exhibition. And there are no professional golfers on this thing. Not right? this year. This is the first year. This is, they've done this six years, and this is the first year it's no professional golfers. Now, who they're going to be playing against is Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. The young bucks. The young bucks from the AFC going up against the old graybeards in NFC. Uh, Brady's done this three times. This is his third time. And this will be Aaron Rodgers' second. So Aaron played last year, and there was that meme of the golfers they were playing with. Or one of them gave the other one the stink eye, and it became a meme. It was like mm. a whole thing. Don't remember that. That's going to be June 1st at the Wynn Golf Club in Las Vegas. I'm going to make sure to be there. Yeah. What if they'll have it on TV? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing you love more than watching, <laughs> watching golf. golf. Paint dry. Uh, baseball, Grass basketball. Grow. They're all yeah. about the same. You get, I, I'll probably get some mess for that. You know, baseball, 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 and basketball. I love playing them. Can't stand to watch them. They're just so slow. Mm-hmm. Well, basketball is just you know just back and forth. Uh, but they, I don't know. They, they're not near as exciting as watching them as they are playing them. An exciting sport to watch. Hockey, man, those guys never it's stop. It's hard to keep up with hockey because that puck moves so fast, and before you know, it, it's at the other end of the rink. Yes, and it's hard to see because when they, you know, when it's on their sticks or mm-hmm. whatever, it's black and it just blends in and, and it moves so fast. That that's actually what got me into it. Fox Sports got the contract with the NHL back in the early '90s, and they highlighted the puck. You know, they had this little little highlight around it, and it made it really easy to see. So it was really easy to follow, and I got into the rules and all that good stuff. Uh, now I can follow it. Because I watched it for so long. But I thought that was a pretty good idea. Worked that for me. That's a good idea. Yeah. 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 That but would I, be helpful. I haven't watched hockey for 20 years. It's a shame. Need to get back into it. Mm-hmm. I ain't got time. I ain't got time for all these sports. That's what, no, that's what I'm saying. It's too much. Buccaneers, that's it. That's done. I whittled it down to one. I don't even watch the UFC anymore. Mm-mm. I used to love the UFC. Been there since we the beginning. We watched it when yeah. we first got together. Yeah. Remember, I used to wear that octagon medallion. No, you know, okay. <laughs> Hardy Nickerson, linebacker, old linebacker for the Bucks back in the '90s. He came from the Pittsburgh Steelers. He is the reason why I became a Buccaneer fan. I followed him from the Steelers to uh, the Buccaneers. Actually, that's not true. He came to the Buccaneers when they were wearing the Sherbert colors, and I just couldn't do it because you know. The Buccaneers have always been a horrible team. Them and Green Bay were the jokes when I was growing up watching football. And I I hated the Tampa Bay colors. They just look – it looks so, you know, the little pirate dude with the feather. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, this is – it's not tough. I, you know, I like the manly stuff. And uh, Hardy Nickerson came. He, he was – I loved Hardy Nickerson. And he went to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I was like, oh, man, I just cannot root for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Sorry. And then they changed their uniforms the next year. And it was the – it's my favorite colors, red and black. And they had that skull with the swords. And I was like, oh, this is so awesome. And, you know, they had Hardy Nickerson. So I was like, okay, I'm going to start rooting for this team. I was never a team guy. I was always a player guy. 
And then, man, like it was like 1996, 97. It was just like, it was a fucking dude. They were just awesome. John Lynch, Warren Sapp, Work Done, Derek Brooks. Oh my gosh. Mike Allstott. Uh, it just, you couldn't help but fall in love with that team. And it's I did. Like the, perfect, the perfect time. Yeah, yes. perfect timing. Yeah, it was perfect timing. Everything went right, you know? And anyhow, Hardy Nickerson, you know, he, he coached here under Lovey Smith. He was linebacker's coach mm. under Lovey Smith. I forgot about that. Yeah. Again, like block that whole era out. Yeah. And then after Lovey Smith was fired, he went with Lovey Smith to Illinois, uh, coached there. <clears throat> but then he left because of health reasons, which oh. were scary. Mm-hmm. We're not exactly sure what the reasons were, but he's back now. He is coaching. He's the head coach of the Bishop O'Dowd High School in Oakland, California. Now, the cool thing about this is he coached here before, uh, in 2010 to 2013, when his son went there. Oh. Yes. Uh, His son is now a linebacker in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, he's mainly a backup. He's been with uh, Cincinnati, Minnesota. He's currently with Houston, where Lovey Smith is the head coach. How crazy is that? Oh. This all goes around. Mm. So Hardy Nickerson coached the Bishop O'Dowd High School. He was the head coach back from 2010, 2013. Now he's back there coaching. He's been out of coaching since 2018. So I like years. I like seeing these guys go to like high school. I think it's fun. How cool would it be oh to be God. coached by an NFL former NFL player. Like, what an incredible experience. How much could you learn from somebody like that? We just watched that movie with Sean Payton. It's on mm-hmm. Disney Plus uh, about Sean Payton when he got suspended for Cheatgate, whatever it was called, uh, Bounty Gate. And he was out for a year, and so he went and he coached his son's high school football team, right? Mm-hmm. High school? Yeah. Yeah, right. Movie's not that great. It's kind of meh, you know. But it, Ralph it's, has it's high def- standards. Yeah, I do. It's definitely for kids. It's definitely a kid movie. But it uh, it was very interesting because that's how I felt too. I was like, man, could you imagine? I know. You got a Super Bowl winning coach coming in, coaching your high school team. Drew Brees' head coach. Yeah. Like how incredible. Yeah, and they ended up doing pretty good. Didn't they go to the mm-hmm. championship or something? I think at least so. state can't remember, but yeah, it's uh, it was quite intimidating for his son. But uh, Peyton coached the offensive; he was the offensive coordinator. He mm-hmm. wasn't the head coach. <laughs> so that's a, that was that's pretty funny. Yeah, don't know how much of it was true. I'm sure a lot of it was made up for entertainment purposes. But uh, yeah. That would just be yeah. I like to see it too. I like to see these guys who have all this experience. Go back because a lot of these guys are really about molding men. Mm-hmm. You know, Hardy Nickers is like that. Lovey Smith was like that. Uh, BA's like BA's that. BA's like that. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, this isn't a job. This is, you know, we are crafting community leaders. Oh, uh, Tony Dungy. You know, he was number, mm-hmm. that was his number one thing. He didn't care about winning and losing. He wanted to make good men. Mm-hmm. You know, he had these guys going to church, doing community events. I mean, Warren Sapp and all these guys, he had these guys, you know, he's like, no, what's more? He said, the team is the most important thing, not the individual and family and community. The faith, family, community, I think was, I can't remember, but he, 
you know, he had these guys going to church, going and doing charity work, and it was just insane. These guys, and it worked. You know, mm-hmm. he crafted some good men. Yeah. Well, and I love to see it with young men like that, mm-hmm. like high schoolers. It's such an important time for them. Yes. And just have someone that can help mold you and, you know, teach you to be a man. Love yes. it. Yes. Yeah, we definitely need more of that. Mm-hmm. More of that in society. All right. So let me see. We've covered that Gronkowski has mentioned that he's not ready to come back and play yet. He told TMZ, he said, I played 11 years. It's not like you wake up after a game and you feel amazing. It's a beating. You get hit every single play, which he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, He's blocking or doing something every mm-hmm. single play. And when he catches the ball, it takes mm-hmm. multiple guys to take him down. I know. That's what I was going to say. He's so hard to tackle. And so, you know, there's two, three guys on him to bring him down. You feel every single one of them, I'm sure. Yeah, they come flying in, too, on him. Mm-hmm. Remember that uh, last year? It was, a, it was the Rams, wasn't it, where he got hit yeah. in the ribs while he was extended? Ramsey? Punctured his lungs. Yeah. And then he got hit that I was so mad about. He got hit in the head. By, in the back of the end zone. Yeah, in the back of the end zone after the play. Oh, yeah. man, I was furious about that. Yeah, and that was Ramsey. I don't think it was Ramsey. It was. Ramsey's number five. I think this was yeah. 20. Mm-mm. Okay. Uh, so anyhow, Gronkowski says, he continued on, he said, so if I'm not all in to do that, then I'm not going to put myself out there in that situation. But if I'm feeling that, I want to go knock my head around, you know, put my body on the line. If I feel like doing that again, miss that, I would certainly sign another contract. So he's saying he's not ready to commit right now. He said, right now, I'm not going to go back out on the field. I'm not ready to commit to the game of football right now. That's what he said. He's just trying to miss OTAs. Yes. He's coming back. There's no doubt about it. He's partying right now. I have seen so many videos of him. (laughs) He's just partying. That's what he does. He parties. Yeah. Now he's out there enjoying life. Man, Mm -hmm. he is not wanting to come back to OTAs and off-season workouts and weightlifting. He don't need it. Mm -mm. He He could be out there with a beer gut. Out of shape, haven't stretched. Which in six that's months. crazy to me that he does not have to do anything. I mean, I'm sure he's doing something to maintain. But well, how much of that is a character that he's putting on, or how much is it real? Because like he talks with Tom Brady, he's like, "Yeah, I don't really pay attention to the playbook. I just get out there, and Tom Brady tells mm-hmm. me what to do." <laughs> you know, and you can see it during the the you know play call. Sometimes you'll see Tom Brady look right at. Gronkowski and tell him what to do. We'll point. <laughs> we'll tell him, you know. And it just, it, it works. Okay. This is another one of those uh, arguments, like Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Which one was it? Uh, Tom Brady and Gronk. Like, would Gronk be what he is without Tom Brady? Right. I don't know. Good. That's a good question. I mean, you, you, you know Gronkowski's got the skill. Mm-hmm. Big, strong guy. Great blocker. But, you know, if he didn't have Tom Brady, you know, who's like, okay, you, you know, you don't really have to study, do game film, all that stuff. I'll just tell you what to do and throw it to you. <laughs> Would he be as successful? That's a good question. Yeah. I don't want to find out, though. I don't either. Yeah. Well, we all we were close to finding out when it was rumored he was going to the Bills yeah, before so Tom Brady was coming Tom back. Brady came back yeah. In another universe, we might have found out the answer to that question. That's right. 
Uh, Gronkowski did say that if he does come back to play, he is definitely playing for the Buccaneers. Okay. Yeah. So it's almost a so guarantee. Either we get him or no one gets Nobody him, gets which him. I'm fine with that. Yeah. But it does kind of what. What the hell do we do with our drafting strategy then? Like, if we're going to lose Gronk, I would want to see them draft a tight end, like, early Hmm. uh, to replace him. And so if you don't know whether he's coming back, can they do that, though? Like, can he tell the coaching staff or the front office, like, hey, I'm coming back, but not until after camp or I whatever. Can they could. say that? I would think so. You know, say, hey, look, I'm coming back. I just don't want to make it official right now. Yeah. yeah just have a contract ready for me when I get back. Hmm. I don't know. I would I would think so. But then again, as a coach, would you want to trust that? I know. What if they change your mind and yeah. you're screwed? Yeah, because we're kind of short on tight ends now. Yeah, we got Cambrate and McElroy, I think, are the only two under contract. Yeah. And, you know, tight ends, there's a steep drop-off on talent. There's a, you know, there's five, six in the league who are, like, elite, and then Mm. the rest of them are mediocre. mediocre. Yeah. Yeah. So. I concur. But then again, you know, we got O.J. Howard, drafted him in the first round. And, you know, Draft position does not. It's true. You know, you got to put the effort in there. My point being, maybe we're not good at evaluating tight ends. <laughs> well, that was Lovey Smith, right? Yes, yes. That was before Bruce Arians, which, you know, yeah. Bruce Arians uses, gosh, what what is our team going to do this year? I mean, you know, Bruce Arians is not going to be there as a coach. How different are they going to do it? I don't. Are they going to be different? But anyhow, Bruce Arians never really used tight ends a lot. Mm-hmm. Now, he uses them for blocking. He uses everybody for blocking. You know, the wide receivers have to block, the tight ends have to block, the running backs have to block. He's a big blocking guy. So, you know, O.J. Howard was just not a blocker, and so he didn't fit. And I think O.J. Howard is going to do good if they just put him in a run-and-catch role, role, Mm -hmm. you know, because he did the great under Mm -hmm. Cutter, and if he can stay healthy. Like how they run – isn't it Dawson? Is that the Dawson Knox, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But he's also he's a good blocker too though. Oh. Yeah. See, BA makes them earn snaps with blocking. Mm-hmm. Both the running backs and the tight ends. You gotta block if you wanna have the opportunity for catches. And I think OJ was never willing to make that. No, you could work. he didn't like it. Yeah. Well, and plus, you know, we put him out there on special teams. He didn't like that at all. There was quite a few times I pointed out in the TV videos where he would just kind of stand there. Like guys run around him. Well, there's a real simple solution to that. Yeah, we did it. Be better. Yeah. I was going to say cut him. Yeah. <laughs> Let's let him go. I mean, no, on his part. If he didn't want to be on special teams, right? Yeah. start well, playing better. I'm sure he felt like because Gronkowski was there, he was never going to get the starting job, and he just didn't want to you know, put himself out I mean, there. I mean, probably not get the starting job, but he was listed. I mean, we had two starting tight ends on mm-hmm. the roster listed, and he was the other one. Right. So, I mean, the opportunity was there. I think he just was too much of a um, brat to take advantage of it. Yes, I concur. I concur. It's a shame. I wish it would have worked out. Yeah. Uh, Justin Evans. You remember him? (laughs) I do. Yeah. I don't want to. He has signed with the Saints. 
which is fantastic. Okay, so Malcolm Jenkins retire announced yes. his retirement this offseason. Mm-hmm. So they have some holes in their secondary, and they their solution is Justin Evans. It's Justin Evans. Is that what I'm hearing? <clears throat> Apparently. <laughs> I don't know if they're getting him as you know, rotational guy, backup, whatever. Well, they but probably got him dirt cheap. Now, you know, he's not on the team anymore, so I'm going to talk shit about him. Worst performance I've ever seen on the field ever was Justin Evans in 2018, week four against the Bears. We lost that game 48 to 10, or 10 to 48, because we were at Chicago. And the vast majority of it was because of Justin Evans. The guy was totally lost out there. I've never seen anything like it on tape. He was just totally lost. He had no idea what he was doing. And why would you keep somebody on the field like that? When it's have. clear that they're struggling. Wasn't that Mike Smith? I think that was one of the games that I got do believe Mike so. Smith, Mike Smith M- fired. Mike Smith. <laughs> I do I do believe it was Mike Smith. He uh but I don't care who the coach was. Yeah, they should have pulled him. Yeah. No doubt about that. He I mean the guy was he was just lost. He was running. Yeah, there was so much stuff. I was just <laughs> so to this day I'm like, what I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I've seen players that I thought were drunk out there. <laughs> like uh, Evan Dietrich yes, falling Smith. on his head. Again, I think that forward. was the same season. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That might have been with Lovey. Because with Justin Evans, that one was uh, Dirt Cutter's first. Because he had to get rid of Mike Smith. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, that was Mike Smith's last season. Yeah. So that was under Cutter. Okay. Right? 2018? I think so. I think you're right. Oh, man. Yeah. So, yeah, but that was his, that was Mike Smith. He didn't give a sh. He was, he had done, you know, he was, he was ready to go off in the sunset, and he did. Mike Smith, did, yeah, it was Dirk Cutter, was the head coach in 2018. Yeah, Mike Smith did not care. He was, ugh, that was horrible to watch. But, yeah, Justin Evans, was, he should not have been on the field. They should have pulled him very quickly. Uh, you know, and, but after, other than that, he, you know, he did all right. But then he had that but, toe injury mm-hmm. or whatever it was. He could never get back on the field with us. Well, it was one thing. And then he was on the pup list and he was rehabbing that thing. And I want to say like an Achilles or something. And then he... appeared for training camp and then they were like oh he's not ready to go and then it turned into a toe injury and it was just he never got back on the field yeah you know hold on i'm looking a weird thing some weird stuff with him yeah he we cut him and i don't think he's played since then no i don't think he has so that's he's been out of the league for four years is this right no, because he did play in her BA. He probably got cut in 2019. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Right. Yeah, you're right. Because he got yeah, through training. He couldn't camp. never stay on the field. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, we cut him in 2020. Okay. Oh, so he was on the roster in 2019. I think he got put on the pup list mm-hmm. uh, or IR and was never able to come back the whole season. I mean, mm-hmm. he was there for training camp, and they were like, oh, we're going to see if he's ready. We're going to see if he's ready. He was never ready. 
and then they put them on the pub list and it, it was like with Kendall Beckwith mm-hmm. same thing yeah you're right uh, but I mean he had that was a different circumstance of him but you know he was on the roster for a long time where we were trying to figure out is he ever going to be able to come back and yeah, yeah. he never 2019 could. and 2020 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that one was sad yep he was out all 2019 and out all 2020 then we cut him April 5th or not not April 5th December 23rd 2020 and so we didn't play all last year and then <laughs> the Saints have signed him one year contract like, what are yeah. they doing? So he sat out the entire 2021 season with a, a foot surgery. And he hasn't appeared in a regular season game since 2018. And he was a 2017 second-round pick. Whoa. <laughs> so oh, he's wow. really only played a year and a half. Oh, wow. I did not know he was picked that early. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Oh, what a disaster. Yeah, he had potential. I mean, he – but – Yeah. I, I, it was – and it, it wasn't it wasn't an injury thing. He wasn't out there hurt. He wasn't out there uh, getting beat. He did not know what he was doing out there. Yeah, so I'm saying. I, mm. I saw him do stuff I've never seen anybody do <laughs> on the field. He ran all the way across the field one time at the, right at the snap. He was playing safety, and he ran from the back right side of the field all the way to the other side to the line of scrimmage almost to the left side of the line of scourge, ran diagonally across the field to cover a guy. I have never seen that before. And he ended up double covering a guy, and the guy he was supposed to cover ended up getting wide open. I don't <laughs> know why he ran all the way over there. I've never seen anything like that before. But he was oh doing stuff God. like that through that whole game. So it's going to be interesting to see him at the Saints. I, I hope he gets to play, and I hope we get to play him. <laughs> Saints I know. are going to be a dumpster fire this year. <laughs> I know. Well, I, I don't think – I could see him being like a depth guy, like fourth on the mm-hmm. in that room, fourth or fifth, however many they keep at the bottom, at best. I concur, but I'd like to see him get out on the field. I know, me you know, too. they'll rotate him in there. He'll get a couple snaps against <laughs> him, but not only that, just the rest of their team is just going to be <laughs> crap. Oh my gosh! Well, we got Jameis Winston. He's probably going to be the quarterback, right? <clears throat> I don't know. Andy Dalton's right behind him. Oh my god! Which he played well. Yeah. I don't know. Ah man. Uh, What what is up with uh, Alvin Kamara? Remember he got arrested. No. I'm like not paying attention to anything. What? Oh, oh, for the nightclub thing in Vegas, right? Okay, yes, yeah. I do remember. Apparently. It's serious. Really? He, he might get some jail time for this. Really? Yeah. Well, he like seriously injured the guy, right? Yeah. He was like hospitalized. Ugh. How awful. Like, what is wrong with you? What's wrong with people? So, and this is so, okay, that was during the Pro Bowl, and the cops let him go play the Pro Bowl. That's And then right. they arrested him. That's yeah. right. Wow. Okay, so he might get some jail time. That's crazy. When's his trial? They'll probably put it off till after the season. That would be my guess. I am looking right now. Okay. 
uh, so court the, date is uh, he'll probably plea it down next month April 25th oh that's yeah. the trial there's no way it gets no that's not the trial. There are so many weird like court dates before you ever even get to trial. It's probably something stupid like that. Apparently there's video and witness testimony. He's being <laughs> charged with a felony charge of battery causing substantial body harm and conspiracy to commit battery. Hmm. He better hope those get to, to plead down. I bet that they'll, I wonder, is there a civil suit too? Because I'm sure the civil suit will get settled and it'll make the criminal suit go away. Okay, so apparently Kamara punches this guy, or Lamont's, <clears throat> there was another guy, Chris Lamont's cornerback for the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. They were hanging out and Lamont's punched him and the guy like fell he they, they started punching him. The guy falls unconscious, and there's video of this. Apparently, I haven't seen this. And they stomped on his face, chest, and legs, oh leaving him God. with facial fractures and injuries to his head, knees, and arms while he was unconscious. Oh, that's messed up. <laughs> well, did Lamont's get charged? Yeah, they're both. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. Wow, that's terrible. Huh. Did, is Lamont's is he still with the Chiefs or did they cut him? Do not know. Like I don't know if he's a starter or whatever. Obviously he was there for the Pro Bowl. Yeah. Interesting. So yeah, the, the Saints are going to be a hot mess this year. The, the whole NFC South is going to be except us. I know. It's going to be fun. Oh my gosh. Yes. We're going to run this town. <laughs> <laughs> Run this division. Mm -hmm. All right. So me and Molly have been talking about this. You know, the, the NFL has officially announced uh, key dates for the, the Buccaneers. We got April 11th. They started a training camp or offseason workout. We got OTAs coming up May 17th through 19th, May 24th through 26th, May 31st through June 3rd. And then mandatory mini camp is June 7th through 9th. <clears throat> Now, me and Molly have been talking about Todd Bowles being the new head coach. She's fine with it, right? I'm good with that. You're good with it. You know, I'm just, I'm laid back, good with the flow. Yes. I I have some, I have some res reserved feelings about this. I'm, I'm not happy about it. You know, I'm a defensive guy. I love defense. I really, really, really loved Bruce Arians as a head coach. He's just, there's something about him. Kind of guy that, you know, he walks in a room, you know, he commands attention, presence, just, you know, there's that untangible, you know. Bruce Arians is a unique character mm -hmm. and he's a winner. And he's, you know, he's done a lot of good stuff. Now, I'm not saying that Todd Bowles is going to be horrible or anything, but something is not sitting right with me about this. I don't know what it is. You know, I've watched a lot of game film with Todd Bowles as a defensive coordinator. 
Now, half the time I like it, the other half time I don't. But just about every time, I don't know what the hell's going on back there. You know, he he does so much stuff. I mean, it's a very very complex defense, and you have to be a certain type of player to play in this defense. Uh, you know, some of it's good, some of it's bad. But you know, he's he's constantly and he's very innovative back there. He's done things back there I've never seen before. Uh, I still, you know, that whole where they line up five guys, ten yards down the field. It, it was just never seen anything like that, and we did it quite frequently. Uh. But I don't know. There's just something. I, I think Todd Bowles is a great defensive coordinator. The guys love him. I mean, everybody on defense loves Todd Bowles. Keanu think, Neal came here because of Todd Bowles, he said. Yes. I mean, he, he's he's a player's coach. Uh, but he's also a clipboard guy, too. You know, I mean, he's he's got these guys running some very uh, complex stuff. I'm not a fan of the tackling. I'm not a fan of the toughness. You know, we got Larry Foote, who I like him. You know, he's he's out there talking about these guys need to toughen up. They're weak. <laughs> but that's true. Uh, you know, it's just something that's not sitting right with me with Todd Balls. He's going to have to show me. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not confident in him. Let's put it that way. I'm not confident that this is going to be a good thing. Now, is, is he going to mess with the offense? I don't think so. Uh, it, how much is the offense going to change because Bruce Arians isn't going to be there? I don't know. You know, we're, we're going to see how much of this offense was actually Byron Leftwich and Tom Brady. You know, I've heard people say that, you know, after week 12 last uh, 2020, Tom Brady kind of took over and made the team his and started doing more play action and – uh, movement before the snap. That's bullshit. You know, I watched this. We didn't do anything different. The only thing that got different during Tom Brady's time here is we started doing more passing routes across the middle. You know, we said that was going to happen, and about week four or five, it started creeping in because Todd Bell, or uh, Bruce Aarons' offenses just don't run those. You know, just don't have a lot of routes across the middle. They're very vertical. Very vertical. And, you know, a lot of curls and slants and – or not slants, uh, out routes and stuff like that. But it's not a whole lot of crosses and slants across the middle. Tom Brady, that's his bread and butter. So, you know, of course, those were going to get mixed in. Other than that, I never really saw a big change in the offense. You know, I never saw Tom Brady coming in. He didn't – there wasn't more play action. There wasn't any more movement before the snap than, you know, when, when – uh, uh, James Winston was here under Arians. You know, I don't know. I think people like to you know just make up narratives and then run with it because they know nobody's going to call them out on it. How much of that's going to change? I don't know. It's going to be very interesting. I, I'm, I'm, I think we're going to see if this is, you know, if the offense does change a lot. You know, like if we go to a more running offense, which I could see that happening. You know, Bruce Arians is not a running guy. Mm-hmm. You know, so we can say, oh, okay, Bruce Arians did have a lot to say in offense previously. If they start running more, uh, you know, Todd Bowles is a guy, you know, he likes to run. You know, he's, he's a defensive guy. He likes to run the ball. Uh, so we'll see, you know, as that gets implemented more. And, you know, Tom Brady, he likes to run. You know, if he's got a good running back, well, we got a good running back. So we'll, we'll see. But then again, you know, it was rumored that Tom Brady 
was the one in charge of calling whether it was a run or a pass. Mm-hmm. Oh, we'll see. You know, is it? But I don't think Todd Bowles has the the leadership that Bruce Arians did. But here's my biggest concern. Bruce Arians is loyal, loyal, loyal. He has never fired a, fired a coach, an assistant coach, a coordinator, nothing. In all of his years of coaching, he has never fired a coach. He, will, he refuses to do it. He says, if, they, if they're not performing well, I'll just move them somewhere else. You know, Todd Bowles does not have that. Todd Bowles will fire you quicker than shit. Todd Bowles went through uh, five assistant coaches, including three on the defense. Uh, he had four offensive coordinators in five years at the Jets. <laughs> uh, no, three three offensive coordinators in four years. This isn't Bulls' team either. These coaches were brought in by Arians. You know, I don't think Todd Bowles is going to make any decisions as far as coaching now because it's kind of late in the season. But it's a big coaching staff, and I think he's friends with all these guys and everything. But you know, you want your guys in there. So, you know, what's going to happen? You know, is there going to be some uh, friction? You know, with some of these coaches, are there coaches that are going to upset because they didn't get the head coaching job? Uh, you know, are there guys that aren't going to like Todd Bowles' head coaching style? They, you know, I, I, I just see that there could be some fallout from this that aren't going to be good for the team, you know. And I like Bruce Arians' style of coaching where, you know, he's like, he's loyal to a fault. You know, he's like, I don't care how, you know, like he should have, he should have got rid of our special teams. Coach <laughs> three years ago, but he didn't, and you know, I like that. You know that loyalty. I wish we had more of it in the NFL. Ty Bowles doesn't have that. You know, Ty Bowles is, you know, he's quick to fire you. you know, he's one of those coaches, and plus, Ty Bowles's record as a coach is not that great. Now. With the Jets, he went ten and six, and then he went five and eleven, five and eleven, four and twelve. That's bad. You know, he had one winning year in two thousand fifteen in his first year. But it's not, it's not only that. It's his whole coaching record. If if you go all the way back, I've got it around here somewhere. Let me see. He's played under a lot of good coaches, but they didn't. He doesn't. He has about a fifty percent winning record. He's played under Bill Parcells. Uh, he's played under Andy Reid. And when he played under these guys, they didn't do good. <laughs> uh, my point with this being that. Uh, he doesn't have that pedigree that players look at. You know, when you come in, you try to tell a player, hey, do this, do that. If this player's been doing it for, you know, 10 years this way, and you're trying to tell him to do it that way, he's good, he's immediately going to look at, well, what have you done? You know, what what is it so special about you that you can tell me to change the way I'm doing things? I've had success doing it this way. 
You know, what is it that you're, you know, and if you come in with a 50-50 record, you know, they're going to be like, you're just, you're talking out the side of your mouth. You're, you're average, you know. Bruce Arians comes in, you know, he's won multiple Super Bowls. He's got a, you know, 0.65 winning record. You know, he tells you something. You're going to go, yeah, I might not agree with it, but obviously the guy knows what he's talking about. So that's going to be missing. What do you think? Oh, are you going to let me interject now? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. All right. Several points. Uh, The loyalty issue. I think you're making a lot of assumptions here that this staff is BA's staff and not Todd Bowles' staff. I mean, some of these guys were with Todd Bowles. Um, Like at the Jets, he had Casey Rogers. Uh, He also had Mike Caldwell, who has been with us but left this year for the Jags. So he did bring in some of his guys. Um, Defensively? Yep, on the coaching staff. Right, so so that leaves offense, right? Okay, but I I just don't see him even touching the offense. Why would you? Uh, to me, I just don't. B.A. was good in building a team and he approached the head coaching position as kind of more of a management mm-hmm. position where he assembled this team, got people who he thought would mesh with this culture. He instilled the culture in the team. And I think it's not a big deal that he's not really there because I don't think he had much to do with the operation and the day-to-day. I think he was more of a big-picture guy who handled personnel, bringing the right people in, mm-hmm. um, figure out how the team needed to be. I think with his pedigree, I think that's a good point, but I think just the fact that he – brought in Todd Bowles and Todd Bowles is one of his guys. I think the guys trust BA's judgment and, you know, they've mm-hmm. been under Todd Bowles for three, four years now. So I don't really see that as an issue. I could understand the point if he were a brand new head coach to the team and was building his own, but he's not doing that. Um, He was under some good coaches like Andy Reid, but he was under Andy Reid the last year when Reid got fired. Right. You know, he was yeah, under – Yeah, they went 4-12. and 12. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he And he only took over the defensive coordinator position midway through the year because they hired – they fired Juan Castillo midway through the year. So Todd Bowles took over right. an already flailing defense, obviously. And – you know, they all lost their jobs at the end of the year. It was kind of a last-ditch effort. He was put in an impossible situation there, in my opinion. Uh, same thing when he was with the Dolphins. He became the interim head coach in the end of the end of the season. There were three games left in 2011. They fired Tony Sperano. Todd Bowles ended up going two and one. I mean, that's not a huge sample size for sure, but. Right. Uh, you know, it's not I, – I get he hasn't been on great teams before. You know, he was in no-win situations there. Um, he was with B.A. 
in 2013 and 2014 in Arizona. Then he got hired at the Jets in 2015. Now, this was after they had fired Rex Ryan. Rex Ryan went 4-12 in the prior year. Todd Bowles comes in, brings all his guys in. He goes 10-6 and that season. They barely missed the playoffs. And then from there, yeah, it didn't go great. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so that's a valid point. But I just think... Our culture is already instilled in the organization. Like it's not, he's not culture building. He's not even team building. And even if, you know, he's the head coach now, BA, I feel like is in the front office working with Jason Light. And I think the player acquisition is going to be exactly the same. I think BA is just taking over that portion of the team building and you let Todd Bowles, keep handling the defense. He's the head coach, but kind of in name only. And then, you know, the offense is in place, Tom and Byron, they got that locked up. So I just don't see it as an issue. I think that the, we're an established organization. I just don't think it makes much of a difference who the head coach is. I think BA also had taken such a back seat on a lot of the head coaching stuff, like, again, I think he was just a big picture people manager, maybe game manager to an extent on the sidelines. He was the the face of the organization. But I think a lot went into him picking his staff over the years and getting people in there that he trusted and relied on. And I think that they're, they're the ones who have really been running the show this whole time. This is true. I mean, I, I agree with you, and I I hope that I'm wrong. It really, it's just a feeling I have. I, you know, I I don't see this as an improvement. You know, I I see it as kind of a step down, and only because it, everything's already in place. It, mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be a, a, a bad year, mm-hmm. but I do worry that things could go sideways if things don't go right mm-hmm. immediately. Uh, you know, I'm worried that Todd Bowles might start thinking about firing people and, you know, whatever. Uh, you know, Todd Bowles is, you know, he's he he doesn't have that pedigree, like I said. And there, there's something that comes along with that where if things start to go bad, you just kind of go with it. You expect it. You know, it's not, you know, when you're a winner and things start to go bad, you really double day. You're like, I can't let this happen. I'm a winner and you know, everything. And, you know, when you've. When you've had a lot of seasons of mediocre, mediocrity or even bad, you're like, eh, well, you know, we'll just try next year, mm-hmm. you know. And I don't want that attitude here. Uh, let me see. Here, Todd Bowles was coached under Al Groh, Al Groh in 2000, the Jets. He was a secondary coach there. He went 9-7. and seven. Uh, Butch Davis from 2001 to 2003, a secondary coach with the Browns, went 7-9, and 9-7, 5-11. Uh, Terry Robisky. Uh, 2004 with the Browns. He was a secondary coach there. He went four and 12. Bill Parcells with the Cowboys. He, 2005 and 2006. He was a secondary coach there. Went nine and seven, nine and seven. Uh, then he was Wade, Wade Phillips with the Cowboys. 2007. They went 13 and three. Then, like you said, he went to Miami with Tony Sperano from 2008 to 2011. He was the assistant head coach and interim head coach, secondary assistant, and eventually went to the head coach position. Now, while he was there, Bill Parcells was the executive vice president to football operations, basically the same thing that 
Bruce Arians is doing now. Uh, while he was there at Miami, they went eleven and five, seven and nine, seven and nine, six and ten. Then he went to, with Andy Reid in 2012, Eagles secondary coach, and then interim defensive coordinator, like you said, and went four and twelve. Then he went with Bruce Arians, 2013, 2014, as the Cardinals defensive coordinator. They went ten and six and eleven and five. Jets head coach, 2015, 2018, he went ten six, five eleven, five eleven, four twelve. Then with Bruce Arians, Bruce. Bruce. <laughs> so 2019 to 2021, they went seven and nine, 11 and five, 13 and four. So he's had 11 losing seasons and 11 winning seasons. Right, but four. look at it. who the hell he's played with: Jets, Browns, Dolphins. But Eagles. he's played like they great been coaches. Shitty teams. For years. Great coaches. Okay, I mean, Bill Parcells, Bill Parcells and Andy Reid. Wade Phillips. Wade, come on. Wade come Phillips on, Andy got Reed. fired from the freaking Cowboys yeah. not long after that. <laughs> but anyhow, he's he's won 11. He's had 11 winning seasons. Four of those were under Bruce Arians. He only had one under himself, one under Tony Soprano, one under Wade Phillips, one under Butch Davis, one under Al Grove. So, uh, Bruce Arians has really been the reason why he doesn't have a completely horrible record. Well, lucky for him, lucky Bruce, for him, Arians, Bruce Arians built this team yeah. and uh, is still in the front office. Yeah. I don't know. I just, you know, something me and Molly have been kind of talking about, and I just have a, I don't know, kind of an icky feeling. I don't, well, I think I, that it's just. I'm hoping I've just yeah. overblown it. Well, the whole thing's just weird. From yeah, top to bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a weird off season for us, and it just feels like there hasn't been a whole lot of transparency. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Tom Brady retirement and then unretirement, and then immediately thereafter, BA stepping back. Like it just, there's something there that we don't know yes. as fans. Right. You know? And so I don't know that we'll ever know. I don't know that it's a huge deal, uh, but it does. It makes you a little sus, I think. Mm-hmm. It's a little suspicious. Um, yeah, so now that I've thrown that out there, hopefully hopefully I, it will not affect the universe in any way. I know. <laughs> hopefully I don't make it happen. Ralph, when we started this podcast, yeah, our yeah. whole thing wants to be positive. Yeah. Don't put negativity out in the world. I'm not trying to be negative. Is that we were like being the negative? hype train when we were bad, and now that we're good, we're like, mm, I don't know about this. <laughs> <laughs> We just we just what can't be happy, that? can we? I know. You just got to be a contrarian. Like whatever's going on, you got to do the opposite. That is not true. When Bruce Arians was hurt, when he, I was thrilled to death. I was yeah. ecstatic. Okay, that's true. When we got Tom Brady. I was ecstatic. This, I was just like, oh, I don't know how I feel about this. No, no, I don't know. The guys love him, you know. It's, yeah, and. You know, but his, you know, we—I've seen player coaches crash and burn so many times. Yeah, that's true. And but but again, you know, he's a clipboard guy too. Uh, you know, I—I I would probably feel better about this if I could look at our defense and go, "Those are some tough SOBs." But I don't feel that way. Uh, you know, we got some tough guys on there, but I don't feel it's a culture. You know, he—it it doesn't seem like that's part of. Uh, Bowles's thing, you know, he's not about being tough. You know, he's like, you know, it's kind of a do your job, you know, be where you're supposed to be, blah blah blah. You know, got more of a clipboard guy, a, a, a systems guy. Mm-hmm. You know, and 
I'd prefer that as a defensive coach, you know, to bring that more to the team. Yeah, but I just, like we talked about earlier, I don't think that's part of the NFL anymore. I know. So I don't know who you're going to get that from. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. 100%. Larry Foote, that's who we're getting from. Well, he is luckily <laughs> co-defensive coordinator. So He moved up, right? Didn't he, he did, yeah. Because yeah. I think he was live. Middle of no. the coach, right? Yeah. And Mike Caldwell, he was the one that left for the Jags. He's defensive coordinator of the Jags. And he was, um, oh no, Casey Rogers was Todd Bowles' defensive coordinator which he is on the staff as well. I think he's some kind of secondary coach. All right, moving on real quick. Just want to touch on this. Uh, April 11th, Governor Ron DeSantis held an event uh, at the Buccaneers Training Complex, Advent Health Training Center with our boy Tony Dungy. This was awesome. Uh I love it. Uh, they they su- signed a bill supporting fathers and boys connecting men with career services and boys with mentorships. Now, if you know, Tony Dungy was one of the founders of the All Pro Dads. Uh, he's a huge, huge, huge believer in family and fatherhood, uh, you know, being a good role model you know, for your, your sons, your community, blah, blah, blah. And I just love this. I love it. I think it's awesome. I'm glad the Bucks are involved with it. I'm glad Tony Dungy was there. You know, kudos to DeSantis. It's just we need more of this in America. Uh, I'd, I'd say more of it through the Western world in general. Uh, but the, it's a uh, it's family first program. It encourages parenting, marriage, and family initiatives. How about that? You don't hear that any. Encourages mm, marriage. I know. Marriage is Never. a great thing. That's like something I'm surprised. It's like a relic of the 1950s. It just reminds me of yeah. like Leave it to Beaver. Yeah, remember yeah. back in the day when that was the American dream. Yeah, we we knock on on the podcast. Here. We're always ribbing each other about being married, but it's great. I mean, I love it. Best I, day of my life was our wedding day. I th- I th- you know it's it's kind of like uh, parenting. You know, getting a kid is getting a kid. <laughs> go to the kid <laughs> store, getting a kid. <laughs> the kid store, pick up a kid. Uh, don't get one from the discount bin. Mm-hmm. I tell you, you take them things back quick. Mm-hmm. No, having children is just totally life altering in a in a great way, and it's just not preached enough. You know, I think you know, being married, having a kid, mm-hmm. having a family is, you know, it's just not. It's, it's it doesn't seem to be at the forefront of our culture anymore, mm-hmm. and it, I think it should be. I think it's it's a large reason why we have a lot of the problems we do, you know, mental health issues and all that. You know, because it gives you a purpose, man. Mm-hmm. It gives you a sense of meaning Stability. in life. Stability. Stability, all that good stuff. You know? I agree. It's a lot of responsibility. It yeah. is. But responsibility is good And I think that's you. a lot on people, too. They just can't take it. They don't, they, yeah, they don't want responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. There's many, many different reasons. But, you know, I, I'm glad to see this. So I'm, I'm really happy about it. Uh Kudos to all those guys and kudos to the Bucks for being a part of it. Mm-hmm. So that's a good thing. Uh, the, the only thing is, there's only been about $70 million was appropriated for it. I mean, that's a lot of money, but, you know. In government spending, not that much. That, no, yeah, right. That's, that's going <laughs> to hire a staff. That's about it. <laughs> but, you know, just get message it out. I'd like to see it yeah. permeate through the culture more. I think it's a, 
It's, it's important. just a good thing. It's very mm-hmm. important. Yeah. So I'm glad okay. to see that. All right, uh, guys, let us know what you think. Seriously, I'd like to have a discussion about the Todd Bowles thing, you know, what you guys think. I, you know, I'm not trying to rag on Todd Bowles at all, and I'm going to support him 100%. I just, I don't know. Something don't feel right to me about it. Uh, I'm, not gonna, I'm not saying he's going to do bad. I just think we might be in for a little bit more of a shakeup than we're expecting. Mm-hmm. And definitely next year, I think he's going to, you know, make this his team. Um. I think, yeah, I think if he keeps everything intact, we're fine. Mm-hmm. If he, you know, accepts the gift he has been given, right. we'll be just fine. Everything right. will be fine. Uh, it's, a, but, it's a hard thing to do when you're in a leadership role like that. Somebody mm-hmm. screws up, you know, mm-hmm. like say the linebackers start, you know, doing bad or whatever, secondary, you know, because he's a secondary guy. Mm-hmm. You know, secondary coach is not, you know, is he going to want to fire him halfway through? You know, be like. You know, in leadership, is he is he going to be able to stick with guys if they screw right. up? You know, we'll yeah. see. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, look at all the quarterbacks he went through when he was head coach at the Jets: Fitzpatrick, McCown, okay, Darnold. In his defense, he drafted Darnold. He didn't yeah. draft Darnold. Yes. How long has Darnold been in the league? No way. He's like new, like two or three oh. years. There's no way. He left in 2018 and got fired. Who was it then? Who am I thinking? I think this guy, Salah? No, 2018. That was when he was drafted by the Jets. Yeah, but I think that Tubbles was already fired then. No, he was. I think he got fired in January 2018. And then the draft is April. So I think it was after he got fired. Mm-mm. Are you sure? Yeah. When did Tom Bowles get fired? 2018. Rape. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, so he would have gotten fired in January 2019, probably. Hold on. I'm looking it up. You do that. All right. I will. Okay. He was fired December 30th, 2018. So after the season ended for the Jets. You're right. Okay, fine. Okay. So, so yeah. So, and Darnold was drafted in April of 2018. Mm-hmm. So that's before December 2018. Yeah, which you you got to say, those quarterbacks, and there was one more in there too. I can't remember who okay, it is. but he's not an offensive guy. <laughs> You're having was, to make a lot of excuses like, for him. Who you the do realize hell that. was his GM? Like, why did he, why did his GM draft the, well, come on. Like, they're responsible for that. Oh, I think the gosh. head coach gets some say, but again, he's not gonna, he's not doing that part of it, right? It's BA I don't know. That's the thing. Jason we don't know. Light. Yeah. We don't know. Bryce Petty he had Bryce Petty as a quarterback too for a little bit. Stop it. And Lack Edwards, who is that? Never heard of him. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's Geno be Smith. Fine. Geno it's, Smith. Hey, listen, he just got re-signed by Seattle. Okay. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah. No so, one accused Todd Bowles of being an offensive-minded coach. Okay. All right, so there we go. There you have it, guys. We got to get out of here. Uh, we got a starving kid here. 
got a starving kid and we have gone way too long. Hour and 20 minutes at this point. Okay. So let us know. Give us some feedback. What do you think about Todd Bowles as a head coach? And do you think that the the season's going to go as good as it did last year, worse than it did last year, or better than it did last year? Mm -hmm. I'm talking about the record and playoff run and all that good stuff. I I don't see how we don't make the playoffs and win the division. If we don't, if we don't win the division to make the playoffs this year, we're in real trouble. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they better be firing some people. Seriously, I think we could start Blaine Gabbert and win the division this year. I'm, seriously, I oh do. Oh my god! Please don't put that out in the universe. <laughs> like, you need to go sacrifice a goat or something. Uh, all right. Okay. Let's, let's go sacrifice a goat and feed our kid with <laughs> okay, it. Okay. Okay. Uh, there's other stuff I want to talk about, but eh, we'll get it. Next we'll time. get around to it. it. The draft is coming up next week at 28th, right? Yes. Next Thursday. Yeah. So be a lot of news around that. It's about time for us to start doing our podcast more than once every two weeks. Our vacation is over with. So you're going to be sick of us after a while here, guys. <laughs> Sounds good. I love it. All right, guys. It's going to be a good year. We're going to the playoffs. Probably going to win the Super Bowl again. So. You know, this is, this is Brady's even year. Yeah. He wins them in even, even yeah. years. All right. All right. That's it for us. Till next time. Go Bucks. <laughs>